you are listening to the Revive Church Podcast. We pray that this sermon blesses you and enhances your walk with God. Feel free to come worship with us on a Sunday morning, or you can learn more about us online at revivechurch.org. Good morning. Uh, my name's Chad. I'm one of the elders at Revive Church. I'm glad to be back on a Sunday. Work has released me. I think the last time I was here was several weeks ago, and I was just here this uh, two weeks ago on Wednesday. So I'm, I'm grateful to be with my church fan day, church family worshiping God in his house on a Sunday morning. It's something that I thoroughly enjoy doing on a Sunday, being with my church family here. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, I just thank you for allowing us and giving us the place to gather in your house, to gather a worship together. How awesome is it to see multiple congregations, multiple different languages come together and worship you in unity together. I just thank you for all that you've blessed us with throughout this year, all that you are preparing for us this up and coming year. And I just pray that your, our hearts are open today for your message. Our hearts are open and they're ready to, ready to hear the word that you've prepared ready for to, to hear the message this morning. I just pray that we can break down these barriers that we've built up, that we can open our eyes and realize uh, the struggles that we have and the things that we're holding us back to give truly 100% of us back to you, giving our entire life over to you the same way that you gave your life for us, the same way that you died on that cross and the same way that you died for our sins, 100% you gave it all, that we in turn can give ourselves all back to you. In your name, amen. November is my favorite month of the year, not only because it's Thanksgiving, it's probably one of my also favorite uh, holidays of the year because on that day you can eat a lot of food, like we're going to consume lots of food today, but it's also my birthday month. I don't celebrate just a, you can ask, you can ask my wife Haley, it's not just a day, which is December, uh, November 24th, it unfortunately falls um, on Black Friday this year, not on Thanksgiving. But um, it's a birthday month for me. So I just love the time. I love the season. I love this is when, when fall, you, California gets somewhat of a fall and it gets a little bit colder. And I don't have to, I don't, when I'm wearing my monkey suit at work, I'm not sweating a whole bunch. It's, it's nice and cool. I just love this, love this time and I love what Thanksgiving and the meaning behind it. And as Russ uh, alluded to earlier today or this morning, we're uh, going to be talking about gratitude. In the, for the past several weeks and probably a year, Russ has passed out, or we've passed out as a church, our, uh, our vision statement. And if you haven't gotten it this morning, it's in the back. It's a yellow sheet of paper, and we're going to be talking about gratitude. And I like to start with the definition. What does gratitude mean? So I Googled it, and I got the definition. The definition is going to be up right here. The definition of gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show the appreciation and to return the kindness. Now, in the context of church and, and a relationship that we have with Christ, gratitude, and what does that look like? How does that play out? What are we thankful for? And we see in, v, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God of our salvation, the ultimate gift, the ultimate sacrifice that, he, that he's shown us, that he's done in the flesh, is that's a gift of God. And do we really understand that? Do we under, understand that impact, that weight of what that gift really is? 
what is that gift when we receive it? That's, it's, our, it's our salvation, but do we know what that means? For the last several weeks, Haley's continually asking me, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want, what do you want for this? And I get I'm, nothing else, get it myself if I want it. I don't want, like, I don't want too much. And if I do, I just go get out and get it myself. But she's always asked me what I want, what I want. And we have this mindset of a gift is something that we want, that we seek after and that we want. And it's usually something that brings us pleasure in that moment. I think I got headphones because I like listening to music at the gym and not other people talking to me. And I just get in my space. That's what I got. And it's usually these gifts that we get are momentarily. But what is the gift that God has given us? Is salvation. And we see in this sheet right here that's passed out what we have defined gratitude and how it plays out in, in our lives. What we have is ours because of the grace of God, our gifts, our resources, our lives. Without God's grace, we have nothing. We have been entrusted with the gifts of we have been entrusted with the gifts God has provided, and we are to use them to glorify Him. We are grateful to bring ourselves to the full sacrifice to worship our Lord God. It's easy to put it into words of what gratitude is. It's easy to put it into words that we're supposed to be thankful and we're supposed to show this gratitude back to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's easy to say it. It's easy to put things on paper. It's easy to tell the people. But actually, how do we play it out in our day-to-day life? How does it actually look? How does it look to give this gratitude back to him. If we can turn our Bibles to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 20. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Take care not least, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you, lest when you have eaten and you are full and have you built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your hearts be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the houses of slavery, who led you through great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there is no water, and you brought your water out of your affinity rock, and you fed the wilderness in your manna, and your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to be good to eat to the end. What we read right here is the gift when, when God led his people out of slavery. And if, we, if we're aware of that story, he When we read right here, he led them out of slavery. He freed his people. He led them and provided them through the wilderness, and they were thankful in that moment. They were all about it in that moment. But as we saw, as time progressed, they slowly began to kind of push it to a side and forget what that gift was, kind of forget the the, uh, what God has provided for them. And he's reminding him right here, when, you're, when you start multiplying, when your herds start growing, when you, get more, when you become wealthy within your people, when you have more of these monetary items, you slowly be, began to forget me. You slowly began to forget what I provided for you. And the same 
plays out in our lives, we slowly begin to forget that feeling, that first time that we understood God's gift, that first time when we became saved, that salvation, that feeling, that overwhelming feeling that we had, that fire that we had for Christ slowly dwindles as time goes on, as we start feeling, we start going along and we feel ourselves as getting into a pattern of I was, I was on fire for Christ, but now I, I attend church on Sunday mornings and I attend on Wednesdays, and now it has become, why do you attend on Sundays? Is it just out of habit that you attend just on that Sunday? Is that out of habit that you're just praying in the morning because you've done it so long that you lose the meaning of actually what you're doing and you just become a robot because you've done it so many times that, well, I just go to church on Sunday because I just go to church on Sunday. I pray before I meals just because... That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to pray. And you forget the meaning behind it. You forget the reason of why you're doing And you become this, this religious robot that's going through life day and you're saying the right things when you're supposed to say them. You're doing the right things because you think that's what you're supposed to do. And it becomes this habit. Because this habit that we're stuck in and we get stuck in this rut of living Christian out the way that we think to because this is the way. It's easy. It's easy in this, this path. But the hard part and the question that we have to ask ourselves is, how do we reach that level? How do we reach this, this place of understanding and actually truly, biblically showing gratitude towards God? Earlier this week, I had coffee and uh, it's a, a talk with, with Russ. And he shared a story with me about Chuck Yeager. And he asked me if I knew who Chuck Yeager was. And I said, I have no idea. I am terrible with names. Um, I said, is this a new person that is going to our church? I haven't been for several weeks. He's like, no. He's a person that broke the sound barrier. I'm like, ooh, you have you sparked my interest. I like speed, and I had some fascination with aircraft, so continue. Please let me know more about Chuck Yeager. So as he began to sharing this story about the, um, this pilot that broke the sound barrier, it was done, and I, I looked more into it. It was, com- it was the feat was successfully completed in 1947. And when I saw 1947, this person is flying 647 miles in an aircraft built in 1947. Like, that is really scary. Because you can see how much technology and things have have changed and where we are now, and they're going 667 miles. Don't quote me, it's somewhere around there. Um... 600 plus miles an hour to break the sound barrier, and they're doing that in 1940, in a 1940s aircraft. I mean, this was just after World War II when they still have propeller planes, and he's going the speed of sound. In, um, he's going the speed of sound. So I, I, I read more into it, and I look more into it, and it said that he attempted multiple times to reach this sound barrier, to reach the speed of sound. And as he was going up there, and as he was reaching, you know, getting close to the lever, he said the turbulence was so bad that the plane was shaking so bad that he feared that it was just going to disintegrate that he had to stop. And over and over again, he reaches that level of turbulence, and it gets harder, and it, 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 it gets scary, and he's like, I can't, I can't do this. The plane is literally probably just going to fall apart, and I'm just going to burn up in the atmosphere. I have to wait to another day. So this continually goes through until eventually he says, you know what, this is my last chance, I have to do it. He f- gets to that level, the turbulence is bad, the plane's shaking, it's probably about to get ripped apart, and he, he crosses the threshold of no speed of sound to breaking the sound barrier. And he accounts that once he broke that sound barrier, it was smooth. 
He didn't feel that same shaking that he did half a mile before. He didn't feel like the plane was being ripped apart as it did half a mile before. And it was a smooth flying after that. Like, that's awesome. He got over the fear of probably blowing up in the sky. And I think all of us have the same fear. If we think the plane's going to fall apart that we're in, that's our only protection from the ground. But he said once he reached that level and broke through the sound barrier, it was smooth sailing after that. The same can be said with our, our walk with Christ. In our first sentence of our vision statement that we came to together as a church, it says, we need to be consumed in Christ. And if we're consumed in Christ, then all these attributes will come naturally and will come easy to us. The attribute of gratitude will become easy and you'll understand how to give thanks once we're consumed in Christ. And it's a simple question. How are you consumed in Christ? It's not just by attending church on a Sunday morning and sitting and warming a chair. It's not just by praying to God every single morning. It's not just attending a small group. It's not just having those personal relations. It's not just doing the right thing. It's all of that and more. As we can play out and we can see in our lives that things get rough and things get rocky when we have this life with Christ. We have this understanding of salvation and we understand that things are different. We view the world differently. Things get rough and things get rocky and there is that turbulence in our life. But when we reach that place of turbulence, when we reach that place of uncomfort, like it's getting hard, it's hard for me to give more. It's hard for me. I don't know how to give more to God. I don't know how to give more. I don't know how to sacrifice more and give myself 100% back to Christ. It's rocky. And then we dip back down again to our comfort zone, which in Chuck Yeager's case, Yeager's case was probably on the runway when things were smooth. You know, we get on fire for Christ again, and we go, and we're trying to give, we're, we're attempting to give 100%. We're giving our all on Sundays. We're worshiping him. We're trying, to, we're trying to give ourselves and all our free time. We want to become more involved in the church. Then it starts getting rocky, and it starts getting hard again, and it's getting heavy. And it's like, well, how do I give more? I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. I can't give more. And we start making these excuses of why we can't give more. God hasn't given me enough. I don't have enough finances. I don't have enough time. I have a family that I have to worry about. I have a job that's providing for me. Things get rocky, things get hard, and we land our plane again. Because we're scared and our own human flesh is holding us back from breaking through that barrier. From breaking through that barrier where we can be fully consumed by Christ, where we give ourselves truly 100% back to him so that we can have an understanding of what it is when we give gratitude, when we understand what gratitude is and what we truly are thankful for. Being thankful isn't something that we should be aware of just on the fourth or the third Thursday of, the, of November once a year. Some, being thankful isn't something that we should be aware about just on a Sunday morning because, oh, I'm thankful for a lot. We all, are, we all have reasons why to be thankful. I'm thankful that I can wake up every single morning and sit in two hours of traffic to go deal with knuckleheads all day so I can provide for my family. We're all thankful that we can all say that we're thankful that we're 
able body enough to come to church and worship God. We're thankful. But how does that play out? How does that, do we understand what that means? Because here we have been entrusted with the gifts God has provided us. We are being entrusted what, with God has given us. It makes me think of the parable of the tenants in Matthew Sorry, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 27. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who received the five talents at once traded them and made five more, and then the one that had two talents made two more. But he who had only received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with him. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, I have delivered, you have delivered me five, and here I made you five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he went to the one that gave two, came forward and said, Master, you have delivered me two talents, and I have made you two more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Now enter the joy of your master. And he who had received one talent came forth saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you have scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Hear what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew where I weep where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have not received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who will have be given, he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has would taken away, and the cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where he will be weeping with gnashing of teeth. He's entrusted his servants with a sum of money each. One with five, one with two, one with one. Two of the three do what's proper and use what was gifted to them and they made a profit. They made a, a positive return on their investment. But the one that was given one was scared and held on to it. The gifts that God have entrusted us with, we are to use to glorify his kingdom. The gifts that God has given us, we're supposed to use to glorify his kingdom, to bring more people, to have this fellowship together. What are we scared to lose? Are we the, one of the two servants that have been given a talent, have been given this gift of God and we're using it? Or are we holding it and using it for ourselves? 
like scared you're going to lose it. Like, well, I don't want to lose this. I'm scared if I say the wrong thing, I might lose this. Because we have to understand that God has given us and has provided for us everything that we need. God has and will provide for us and continue to bless and gift us with what we need. So knowing and understanding this, we are to go out and use what he has given us, use what he has blessed us with. He's all, he's, if he's blessed us with a job, we're supposed to use that place to glorify him. Whether it be talking to your coworkers or whatever it may be, you use that place that God has placed you in to glorify him. Whether it be the amount of free time that he has blessed you with, how do you use that time to go out and, and glorify him? When he's gifted us the gift of salvation, how are we using that gift properly to share that same love that Christ has shared in us? To have that same feeling of going out and sharing this with other people. How prideful is it for us not to share the gospel with other people? How prideful is it for us not to share the gifts that God has done? If you've been with our church this last year, you've seen the amazing things that God has blessed us with, the amazing aspects of growth we have, the tight-knit community that we have, and God has blessed our church with all of those things. He's blessed us with the people that come through the doors. He's blessed us with the seats to provide for those people to hear God's word, to really understand what God had and how they're going to use them. He's blessed Revive with so much. He's blessed us with the people that come here that, that, that serve, that serve his king, that serve his community. We're in an amazing place right now that God has placed us in, but it's our responsibility that the positioning of where we're at right now, that we don't get comfortable with where we're at. We just don't get comfortable that, you know, I'm, I'm fine with where we're at. I'm fine with where our church is at right now. I'm fine where my how my relationship with Christ is right now. I think we're doing good right now. My church family is good. We're just going to stay stagnant right here. Because when we stay stagnant, you're not moving forward. You're just basically saying that I'm perfect. I'm perfect, and the church is perfect. We're just going to keep things how they are because nothing can change. Things can always change. More people can always come to hear the gospel. More people can always come to realizations that they have because they've had a barrier built up. You should never feel comfortable. You can be at peace with where God has you, but you shouldn't have this feeling of comfort because it's, it's dangerous to feel comfortable because then it's like, well, I don't need to change anywhere. Things are going, things are going good. And that's the time you should be like, well, God, invoke something and move something make me not feel this way i need to be doing something we can always be giving more back but we can only have that understanding if if we're consumed with christ if we're just consumed with him in everything that we do he's completely has control and has dictatorship over our lives and we allow him we allow god to use us. We allow God to speak to us. We allow God to, when he tells us what to do, we do it. 
we allow God to open our hearts up and makes us feel uncomfortable so we can make that change, so that we can be grateful for everything that he has given us. We can be grateful for the families that he's blessed us with. He can be grateful for the church that he has provided for. He can be grateful for the four walls that we can sit in. But above all, we can be grateful for the ultimate gift of salvation that he has given us. Because he came down in the flesh and he died for our sins. That he took that punishment that we deserved. And how do we show that appreciation? How do we give back and show that appreciation back to him? By being grateful. Being grateful and understanding and not being greedy with its gift. Salvation isn't something that we take and we hide away and we put it in our safety deposit box or we put it in our retirement and say, you know, I'll touch this later. He saved me. I can go live the life that I want to right now. Because then it goes back to the story that you're the one that you're bearing the salvation somewhere. And then when you die, you're going to cash it in and say, hey, I was saved when I was 20 years old. Or I was saved, you know, this one service when I was 16 years old. I want to cash it in now so I don't have to go to hell. It doesn't work like that. It's this all-empowering, this, this, this overwhelming force that, you know, takes us over. And we're allowing God to use us and we're continually to grow with him and have a greater understanding of what our life is supposed to be and how can we be more Christ-like? How can we be more Christ-like? So I just want to leave with one question is how can you be consumed by Christ? And if you are currently living that out right now, are you currently consumed with Christ in everything that you think that you do You're consumed with him. And are we grateful, truly grateful for that gift of salvation? Lord, I pray that you can break these barriers down that we have built up, these these comfort zones that we've built up to, to say that we're okay where we're at right now. I'm good where you've put us at right now. I just want you to just to shake us up, to move inside of us, to show that There's always things that we can change. There's always things that can move us forward. And I pray you put us in those situations. I pray that you can speak to us, that we can hear you, that you can continue moving. We've seen the great works that you've done with our church this last year, and I pray that you can continue to use that. I pray the continual prayer of you bringing more people into our church, more people to hear your word, that you bring more people to, to us so that we can spread this gospel to you. We can spread your love and impact more people in this community that you've placed us in. I pray that you can continue to give us those opportunities. You continue to break down those barriers. In your name, amen.